Hey guys, welcome back to Big Mood. Hi. It's a big mood in here. We got some beautiful ladies. Introduce yourselves. I will start. My name's Jessica. Yeah. I'm Christina. I'm Gina. And I'm Tiff. And Christina is our special guest today. And we invited her here because we have a very interesting topic that I think is a very important thing to talk about, which is not very often talked about. Mm -hmm. But now, more recently, it has made... You know, the, the conversation has been spoken about a lot because of Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. And what we're talking about is losing um, or suffering a loss of during a pregnancy. So like a miscarriage or a stillbirth and stuff like that. So Chrissy Teigen recently posted that she lost her baby mid-pregnancy. And it was due to the fact that she was unable to... Like her body kept bleeding and the placenta was not very stable. And even though they kept trying to do blood transfusions, unfortunately, that was not able to save their baby Jack's life. And so it's a tragic loss. And unfortunately, Christina has also experienced a loss of her own. And so we invited her here to tell us her story and, and just for also just to point out the fact that miscarriage is actually very common and it's not very talked about because of the fact that it's like a taboo subject and uh, I think it's very important to for everyone to speak their truth and so everyone feels less alone right yeah I don't really know much about it um and before because I knew we were going to do this episode and have Christina on I I wanted to learn a little bit more myself about something not to say to someone having it too so yeah. I feel like maybe in a little bit we can go over some of those because if you haven't gone through that, you really don't know what that person needs to hear or mm -hmm. what they really don't want to hear. Exactly. And I think like, especially men, oh, the yeah. boyfriends, the husbands, like definitely need to know, like, do not say these things or maybe this is what you can do to help. So, um, but I would, I love the fact that we have you here to help us for sure. Concrete, like <laughs> things that, you know, cause we don't really know, like, unless you've gone through it, right. you really don't know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. Tell us a little bit about your experience, Christina. Well, thanks for having me here. Um, I missed you. I missed you all, too. Okay. Uh, so, you know, um, you saying, like, oh, if you haven't really experienced it, like, you don't really know what to do or what to say to, like, people who yeah. have. Like, even for me, um, you know, it was our first pregnancy when it happened. And we didn't know about this rule where, oh, you should wait um, three, three months, months before yeah. you tell people. Because as soon as we took that pregnancy test and, like, we found out that uh, we were pregnant... We just wanted to tell everyone right away. Yeah. Like, we were already planning the announcement. Like, we wanted to tell all of you guys, too. Mm -hmm. Like, we were just so excited about it. And, um... Yeah, it, you actually did. We we had an entire dinner because around that time it was Christina's birthday. And yeah. she they ended up surprising us with, like, a balloon. And we a were cake. all so happy. Yeah, and a cake. Yeah. yeah, we were trying to be subtle about it. Like, we had this uh, huge <laughs> balloon. And it had, like, a, the chalk where you could write the announcements. And it said, like, we're having a baby. We brought a cake out with, like, all these baby decorations and everything. And, like, it was just, it was such a nice, like, surprise for everyone. Yeah. Like, we all cried for you know, me being pregnant and everything else. Um, and then, like, once we went to our first doctor's visit, like, we f couldn't find the heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know, like, what was going on. Um, I think it was still kind of early. It was maybe, like, seven weeks into the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So um, we were just like, okay, maybe it's still early. You know, you, maybe the heartbeat is just kind of, it's hiding and you can't really hear it. So we just kept kind of waiting. Um, 
but then the OB kept telling us like, oh, I don't know, something's wrong. Like, it doesn't seem normal to me. Um, but, oh, you know, me and- like the worst words you ever want to hear. Exactly. And I feel like with that specific OB, like we had such a bad um, experience because she wasn't, she wasn't really like, sugar coating things she didn't have bedside manner no bedside manners mm. so yeah the things that she would just say Jeez. yeah that's horrifying i can't yeah. imagine that being my first experience with exactly. it too is someone exactly. who's like just cold yeah because we were just like so excited about it and we're just kind of like in denial so you know it's your first experience ever and you're like no i don't think so let's just keep waiting and for her she's she's just like well it's not normal like what you see is not normal and she was kind of hinting to us that maybe we should get like a dnc which is basically just yeah. to have like a an abortion right um when i guess we're we're in denial right and then it, it was like almost 12 weeks where we're like okay we're just gonna keep trying and see what happens like we're still trying to be optimistic and then we went into that doctor's appointment and um i think like she started noticing that there was like there was nothing in the um the sack so like she would see like the fetal pole, but there was nothing else. So then um, after that appointment, we're like, okay, I guess this is it. Like there's no baby. Um, so we actually had an appointment um, to go in to do the DNC. But then I think um, either that same day or like the day after that, I started getting like heavy cramps and I started bleeding oh, no. and I was spotting. This was before or after the procedure? Before. It was before. Oh. Yeah, because we had it scheduled um, and then it just happen on its own oh wow like it just started happening because i guess when you go in for a dnc they're supposed to like um just do the abortion for you like they yeah. put you under and then they just do that little surgery for you but it just happened naturally already maybe because you already knew like your body because of your realization of like oh this might not be a viable pregnancy then your body was like oh okay time to flush it out like clean out your system kind of I think thing. so. Maybe the timing like, is very, yeah, the timing's very crazy. Yeah, because like I think we finally realized, like, okay, like, I think this is it. Like, we just kind of let go of the, uh, any bit of hope that we had that, you know, mm. the baby was going to be okay. So, um, after that, like, we had to go to the hospital, and they told me that I was experiencing, um, I don't even know what the word is. Um, contractions? Not know. contractions, but it was just that I was like, um, I guess like a spontaneous abortion Whoa. so that it was just kind of naturally happening on its own and then they sent me home and um after that like I didn't know how painful it was going to be I was at home I was in the restroom I was trying to use the restroom and like I just had the worst cramps ever oh, no. like it's worse than period cramps it's worse than like labor cramps wow. and um when I was using the bathroom like I just started seeing things coming out mm -hmm. like um it was just like I guess it was like little like pieces like blood clots and like tissue and everything yeah. it was oh. the baby like kind of I guess disintegrating in a way and just kind of like flushing itself out of my body yeah and then um after that happened like I had to go back to the hospital to see my OB and then they had to like use their tools and they like went inside and they're like kind of taking everything out mm -hmm. and I saw this little like cup that she would have and mm -hmm. she would put like all the stuff that was in there and it just looked like little blood clots and like just like little weird um I don't know like pieces of whatever it's it was weird that you have to see that yeah. yeah and i was just like oh my gosh like that was my baby you know oh my like goodness. and it's just like trauma the, the whole experience is just extremely traumatizing right. yeah it's just you you don't really expect it and like we didn't know what it was like honestly for me before even getting pregnant like i didn't really know what a miscarriage was like no one really talks about it exactly no one no one talks about all of the bad sides of like being pregnant and like pregnancy loss so yeah. like when we went through it we're just like what is going on? Like, how common is this? And do you think it's helpful or not helpful that we do have that don't talk about it till three months rule? Like, do you think that helps? 
I mean, I think it helps to a certain extent. But for my own personal experience, I feel like, um, yeah, like we told everyone and we're just like, oh, no, how do we go back from this? But at the same time, like, it's something that should be celebrated in a way instead of like being fearful that something's going to happen within those first three months. And then um, for me, like, yeah, I told my friends, I told my family, but that also helped me to not go through it alone. That's exactly what I was going to yeah. say too because I think it's I personally my own personal opinion on the 3 month rule is that I think it's more damaging than helpful. I thankfully have not had an experience like that so I cannot even imagine what it feels like. I but if I would go through something like that, I would rather have family and support family and friends support that are also aware of of the loss and it's less lonely right because then if you don't tell anyone anything and then everyone's just like living on and and treating you the same or whatever it's like I guess depends on how you you deal with grief yourself and how you deal with your own personal losses because most people would want to deal with that privately they Mm -hmm. wouldn't want any sort of like sympathy or any sort of attention for it but um, I, I don't think it's the attention part. It's more like a support system so you don't feel alone. Yeah, because it also kind of like avoids awkward situations too where like if you were pregnant and then all of a sudden you go through this and like people will be like, oh, I thought you were pregnant. Like what? Where? how come your belly's yeah, not or growing? Or like if you're not super like close to them, then it's almost like too much information because then it's awkward when you have to go tell someone you're not super close. Like you could tell your mom, right? As soon as it yeah. happens or your best friends, but then like your coworkers, you know, like the guy in accounting on yeah, the like third I- floor, <laughs> it's like, you got to tell him now that you lost your baby. It's kind of weird, but yeah. yeah. So it's, it's kind of a weird to decide like when you should say and how. I guess it just, it kind of depends. Like, I feel like that stigma shouldn't be a stigma. And I feel like um, every, yeah, like Tiff was saying, every person is different. So everyone deals yeah. with it their own certain ways, but like, for me personally when people ask me like should I wait to tell people or should I just tell them and I'm like you know it's up to you and your comfort level like whatever you want to do like if you want people to know and you want to celebrate it go ahead just you know know that something might happen along the way but at least like you have that support system yeah Yeah, definitely I think I would just tell my very closest people my sister my family whatever and then I'll just wait three months and tell everyone else yeah do you want to like go through because it's almost like when you you have to go to work or you have to do these other things with the outside world too do you not want them to know like like hey don't expect too much from me because I'm going through a very traumatic situation right now like do you want to just kind of pretend like everything's fine no one knows what happened to me or do you feel like it would be some relief for you for people to be like okay we could take the pressure off of this person because she's obviously she's lost a child yeah that's hard yeah because you don't want to be because I feel like you can walk into a room, people are like, oh, it's her. She's the one that, you know, lost her baby. Don't say anything. Like, that's awkward. But at the same time, it would be nice to have the pressure off it. I don't know. That's hard. Yeah. Huh? yeah. So, like, with that, um, when I had to go back to work, like, after it happened, it was just, yeah. like, it happened over the weekend. And I went back to work. Um, I think I called off for, like, a week or two because I got, like, a doctor's notice. I was recovering. Um, and then when I went back, like, I had to go and see my supervisor and I had to tell her what happened. And it was, like, so hard for me. I was, like, crying. I was breaking down. Um, and I was just asking her, like, can I just um, stay home? If you if you need me to work, I can just work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was being understanding in the beginning. And then afterwards, like, she kind of made me feel bad about it, you know? And, like, even then... What? Yeah. Wow. What's her name? I know. Let's go jumper. <laughs> she was this old, like old fashioned lady and she was like the nicest person. So like 
when she she basically said that she regretted letting me like work from home and like just what <gasps> yeah what, what was her thought process here i think um because we didn't have so because i'm in i was in hr right so obviously i'm supposed to like set the standard for like a company so um when she let me work from home like we didn't have a work from home policy so it was kind of like oh well i'm allowing you to do this and people are going to ask me like why did i allow you to do this and um i guess it just made her like like look bad like she was breaking the rules for me oh she was in an uncomfortable position as yeah. a leader yeah and then i think well, that, that's, that like, that's the toxic thing about mm-hmm. the workplace and like feminism versus like yeah. exactly. real life at mm-hmm. the end of the day it's like oh we have to be like the men in front of the men or we can't you know we, we can't, can't make ever, anyone else uncomfortable ever, with yeah. a woman problem <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh that's so annoying yeah and that was just like the start of like the whole toxic work environment too because a lot of people don't really know like what you go through when you have a Mm -hmm. miscarriage like even me talking to my boss like she didn't understand she was just like oh so like you didn't have a heartbeat or like was there even a baby like oh my god yeah Yeah, so like it just really depends like it's good for them to know but at the same time like even if you tell people or if you don't like you might get these weird awkward situations like regardless mm. so yeah that was just like a weird experience for me yeah that sucks i'm so sorry that you went through that yeah i mean i got over it i've come so. to learn Definitely. when it comes to um, i think um within like the last couple of years or so i've come to learn that you will never have the right words to say to someone who has lost mm-hmm. so and i know that we kind of touched on it earlier like what do you say to someone who has been through this or has been through how do you become a support system so i've started to just like you know like whenever i see someone going through that i just message them and the first thing i just say is i'm never gonna have the right words you know like there's nothing i can say that will ever help but i just want to let you know that i love you and i'm here right and i feel like that's the safest thing to say you know because i don't want because i'm sure they're sick of hearing things like oh you know they're watching over you and it's meant to happen blah blah blah. it's just like look man i don't have the right words for this i just want you to know that i'm here I think as long as you reach out to them, like, Mm -hmm. I think that's all that matters because, yeah, they might be getting an influx of, like, messages from people, but, like, just to be able to, like, hear from their friends and, like, just anyone at all, even if it's, like, a random person, like, it's, it makes a difference, you know? Mm -hmm. As long as you reach out, like, yeah, you're never going to have the right words, but just them getting any kind of, like, contact from you is going to help. Yeah. Well, I watched this, um, video, or two videos from two other girls, um, on YouTube and they were, they were listing out things, like, not to say, and I feel like it's important maybe to cover like specifically like hey don't say this Mm. like put it in your brain like don't say this because if we just say like oh you know just say i'm here like people still kind of panic and they like try to they try to find the words right but then there's certain things that you shouldn't say so i want to see if you agree with these Mm. um this one girl she said um to never say to someone who just lost their baby that it's more common than you think Oh, um, because the and this girl's reasoning was she's like as soon as I started having issues I was google doctoring myself like day and night obviously I know the stats like that's not helpful for it's you to all, tell me this invalidates it right. too it's like oh you're just one of many like you're not yeah. special or whatever like even though that's supposed to give comfort as like oh I'm not alone yeah but then the way like those that wording too it just comes off very invalidating oh it happens to everyone it's fine you know yeah. like it's, it just sounds weird that doesn't sound good well, I guess like um, for me, I I guess maybe it might be different if it's coming from someone that's already experienced it. Because like, because um, there have been people that reach out to me, like complete strangers that I don't even know, like just because they've gone through my experiences, like they've seen the videos. Um, and I will tell them because um, they, they know absolutely nothing about it. And I'm like, you know, honestly, it, it 
does happen often and I try to explain why it happens. I'm like, well, it's just your body's way of attacking something because it's not used to it like being there. You know, if it's your first pregnancy, like it, it does happen. So it's kind of more of like comforting them and letting them know um, that they're not alone. Not so much that like, oh, well, yeah, you're just like everyone else. It yeah, definitely guess, depends on the delivery. That's yeah, a exactly. difference too. Yeah. Like if it's coming from someone that's been through it mm-hmm. versus someone who's even or even a dude that's like, oh, you know, I read that 25%, yeah. of, you know, it's like, yeah, well, hey, we don't, <laughs> like, we don't really. That. <laughs> um, there was another thing. Um, that she said she said um not to say that it wasn't meant to be or that things happen for a reason yeah um because that typically only tends to comfort people maybe that are super religious or they believe like um god has a plan or something like that but like you don't fully maybe necessarily know people's religious status or anything like that or where they are spiritually or Mm -hmm. also maybe they're hurting spiritually because of that happening so it's almost would make them more angry if they do believe in god so it's almost like um people don't need to how do you feel about that if i'm like oh it was meant to be for you to go through this pain i think i guess for me maybe because i was just so open about everything um and for me how can i put this in better words but um for some people like if it happened early on you know i I would try to be very careful with what I say to them, but like for just because I kind of always relate it back to my experience and I feel thankful that, um, you know, it happened early on in the pregnancy rather than like later on and I'm having to deal with like issues um, and it's like too late and I can't like get an abortion or like there's just other like heavier issues that I would have to deal with. Um, And I kind of just put it in that way um, because it would be so much harder like if you're like later on in the pregnancy and then like, like you get when it's an actual born too that's yeah the, yeah yeah because for me i would say like i wouldn't say i was lucky but the fact that it happened early on and not having to go through like what chrissy and um john went through like i bawled when i read her yeah. post you know like i opened up my phone i went on instagram and that was the first thing that i saw and i was just like that is hard like she was right. halfway through her pregnancy already the photo yeah. was heartbreaking yeah she was just yeah. breaking down on the hospital bed i don't get why people were like attacking her for posting such a, a real photo fo- because they're it's almost like they're they think that like, she doesn't think that that's really like a legitimate moment to be sharing with people or like it's attention seeking or performative to post a, fo- a photo like yeah. that or people are like why would someone take a photo why do they have a photographer like, who would take that photo like look man she people live their lives differently they archive things so they can remember and people grieve differently yeah they actually a lot of people what i read from that is that people actually cope with their loss through that like Mm -hmm. to to have some sort of memory of that Mm -hmm. loss is a way for them to cope through it right yeah but okay and real quick we need to take a break and shout out our sponsors because they help us make this show happen do you have a butthole (laughs) yes yes I have two. Oh, Jesus! I didn't tell Her you. Face. <laughs> I didn't tell you guys this yet, but I have two. I feel like yours are pristine. They are. Yeah. And you know why they are? Because we have Hello Tushy. Look, man, I've been preaching bidets forever. Because when you go to Japan, everyone has a bidet, yep. and I feel like any place that I go to it doesn't have one now. It's just like, are we poor? Like, what's going on here? We even have a bidet here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I I don't even want to go through this, read this, because I want to do this myself. But basically, bidet cleans your butt with like a precise stream of water. And that just makes me think that there's scientists out there that have been working on angling a stream of water towards the trajectory for the perfect butthole cleanse. It's spot on. It's spot on. It's strange how they figured that out. It's incredible. It's incredible. (laughs) 
So Hello Tushy cleans your butt for just seventy nine dollars. What? Like, that's a very affordable that's a steal. Those, those things used to be. So I paid five hundred for mine. They I used to be in the thousands. Mine, yeah. Like here's here's the thing. Here's a best selling point. Have you guys ever pooped and you had to wipe like six hundred times? I don't. Poop. At that point, I just stop <laughs> wiping. <laughs> just I give up. up I give up. Yeah, but when, when you have a bidet, <laughs> that's. But when you have a bidet. <laughs> Every poop is a one white poop. So if you have Hello Tishy, it's going to yeah. turn everything into a one white poop. Thing is, you're not even wiping to clean it now. You're just dabbing the to water dry, yeah, away. So wash, yeah. you, like, so you wash it and then you just dry mm-hmm. your butthole off. Yeah, yeah, you save so much toilet paper. You save so you much toilet poop. paper. And everyone's just always so weirded out about it. But it's like, dude, come on, man. It's 2020. Clean your butt. Especially guys that have hairy butt. Yeah. Well, dingleberries. They, yeah. they need to clean no, the hair. Okay. You can't just wipe hair dingleberries. with Dude. <laughs> you know dingleberries when yeah. going down on you, dude? That's gross. <laughs> So, hello, Tushy. You heard I didn't stutter. I said what I said. How do I get this? So, hello, Tushy attaches to your existing toilet. It requires no electricity or no additional plumbing at all. And it cuts toilet paper used by 80%. The hello, Tushy bidet pays for itself in like a few months. Uh, And every hello, Tushy bidet attachment comes or attachment comes with a 60 day risk free guarantee and a 12 month warranty join millions of happy hello tushy customers right now and have a clean butt with every flush i just look i'm so happy because i <laughs> yeah. love having a clean butt every time all right so you can go to hello slash big mood to get 10 percent off and it's only already like 79 bucks yeah. so 10 yeah. percent off this is a special offer for our listeners so go to hello tushy.com slash big mood for 10 percent off one more time that's hello tushy.com slash Big mood. Clean up your butthole, please. That's right. And as you're learning, you can be consuming delicious food brought to you by DoorDash. DoorDash. So continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite local restaurants on DoorDash. So DoorDash is the app that brings food when you're craving it now right to your door. Ordering is super easy. You just open Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. You can support your local go-tos like me. My personal favorite is this Mexican restaurant by my house that is so delicious. They have this bomb me- menudo. It's amazing. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant, really pozo- I meant pozole. pozole. Oh, it's because I get menudo and pozole that. mixed up. But Pozole is, is the bomb. Okay, next time you come over, we're going to order yeah. and with DoorDash, and I'll, <laughs> you, you can try it yourself. So many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. So just check out DoorDash app, scroll through it, find what you want to eat, and enjoy. So right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Big mood. That's five dollars off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Big Mood. Big mood. Don't forget that's code Big Mood for five dollars off your first order with DoorDash. Hooray! I feel like also posting the photo. People sometimes people find comfort in the loving comments that they get, the mm-hmm. millions of loving comments that she got. You know, or or, or like people who reached out to you. You know, yeah. and they said that you know. Uh, tap into them too and it helps so i just feel like people grieve differently mm-hmm. I, I think it was kind of also like a way for them to let the world know because she was updating people mm-hmm. like with the situation and having to be in the hospital with the transfusions and now they're like oh great like we're 
this is what's happening to us like what do we do mm-hmm. and i think that was their way of like announcing the current situation to them too so they don't have to like think about it you know and um like with documenting too i feel like it was important for them because it's something that even though it's painful um and it it's such a hurtful experience for them like just being able to go back to it and to kind of see like what they went through well that's isn't i, mean, I could be remembering this wrong but isn't that kind of like how you started your channel with with aunt like your family channel was through this documentation of of the your first pregnancy yeah so like we started um our channel and started vlogging because like when we would go on vacations with you guys like mm-hmm. everyone would be vlogging and we were the outcast because we we're just like oh, okay well i like, i guess wanna, we should have a camera like, too you want to remember <laughs> your your own memories through your own lens yeah. too, not just everyone else's yeah. yeah so like we started with like traveling first and then like we we were like, okay, you know what? We're ready to start a family. Like, why don't we just document this experience? Because it's going to be the first time, you know? And mm-hmm. we're like the first ones from the group. Yeah. And um, yeah, like we we were, we were documenting like before anything even happened. Like we didn't even know that this was going to turn out the way that it did. Right. And um, it took a while too. Like we kept documenting and recording the um, doctor's visits. But after every visit, we'd be like, should we keep going? Like, should we keep vlogging all of this and um i think while it was happening yeah like we did a lot of research and we're like oh what is a miscarriage like how often does it happen and when we started like finding out all this stuff we're like you know what we have to keep going like even though um it was such a hard thing for us to go through like we felt that we wanted to educate other people too and we wanted to give that message out that like yes it does happen a lot and um if you're experiencing it like these are I guess it was kind of like informative for people mm-hmm. like oh this is what we went through these are the signs that you kind of look for like if you think you're going through a miscarriage um and that's why I say like if you tell people or I guess coming from me if I'm saying like yeah it does happen it's common this is why like I feel like um it might be okay to some people some people yeah. might be yeah. more sensitive about it or but maybe it's just like the timing yeah like, maybe that's not the first thing they need to hear as yeah. like a way to make them feel better but you know, at, through the discussion of dealing, of coping with it over time, then yeah. obviously that, that's obviously something that could be discussed, I think. Yeah. So I think with that, like when you're communicating with other people, you kind of like get a feel of how they're responding back to you. And then like, if you feel like it's okay to say these things, then you can kind of do it. But I think it's just, it depends on the person. Yeah. For yeah. you personally, did you feel, um, did you feel like any sort of closure or or comfort in the fact that you were documenting your entire process um I mean honestly like I feel like you never really get closure Mm -hmm. after you suffer like any kind of loss um I feel like it's just always something that um affects you like no matter what like I have two kids you know I have a baby now like Mm -hmm. I'm so happy I'm so like thankful for them but you know like every year when that time comes around where I would have had this baby like I always think about it Mm -hmm. and I always like I always do a post to like celebrate them or I just always like do like a a pregnancy loss post or just anything that kind of like dedicates um, my time to like that baby that we would have had. So, you know, um, just like a few a few months ago and was bringing up something and we're just talking about like the pregnancy, how we had um, Enzo and he's going to be our last kid. Mm -hmm. And then he just he just said something like, oh, yeah, uh, we could we would have had three by now if the other one went through. And like it just hit me out of nowhere. Like I didn't know that it was going to still affect me the way that it did. And I just started crying and he just looked at me. He was like, oh, my gosh, like I didn't know how it was like that. It was still deep 
like rooted definitely because i mean even though aunt also experienced a loss it was you who actually physically went through it all and yeah of course you're gonna have a different attachment to that yeah so i feel like there you don't really get closure like no matter how far along like you move on how many kids you have down the line like it's just something that's always gonna be like um just in your mind and like in your heart yeah. and everything so i feel like too it's it's weird how people don't appreciate or understand like why you would want to document that or even like how chrissy and john posted those like really heart-wrenching mm-hmm. photos it's almost like yeah. are we expected to erase mm-hmm. like real life problems in and like not it, or just like pretend like they don't exist mm-hmm. or like why like why does it have to be so hush hush or right. Why can't they show that pain? Like, why do they have to only just be the funny haha? Like, oh, I'm a cook and I'm funny and I'm cute and I'm a model. Like, she can't show her real pain, too. Or, like, if people are like, well, why would you want to document or be a vlogger and show all this, like, negative stuff? It's kind of like... It's because people are uncomfortable with mm-hmm. reality and yeah. they don't want to face their own reality. So then they 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 have to scrutinize other people that are true and vulnerable because they're just not comfortable with that themselves. I mean, even us within this space you know a lot of people are uncomfortable with us sharing our private sexual stories and they're like oh like how dare you talk about something that's should be kept behind closed doors but Mm -hmm. it's like if you're not comfortable with it then don't watch you know like this is obviously content not meant for you but yeah i don't agree with the fact that they have to like scrutinize other people just because they're they themselves are not comfortable it's like hey don't you see this like playbook here that we're all playing by why are you not following the rules what is wrong with you like that's pretty much what's happening i feel like we're kind of lost like our um connection as women too because like a lot of uh social media or just society or like entertainment it's like women should just be the funny happy pretty things like you know like don't whatever and then also we compete with each other a lot now Mm -hmm. too for male attention for who's the hottest or whatever so it's almost like what I like about seeing those kind of things is like oh like immediately I can just um feel like a woman and like I can connect with her or you as just like a woman and it's almost like everything else like fades away and it's like this is real shit Mm -hmm. and like we should all like really just be pouring in support and it's insane to me to see like that anyone would put anything negative like under a post that she posted yeah. like that you know it's just well also I can't around the that. same time chrissy was also dealing with that whole like the the q like a target stuff. of some yeah. weird mm-hmm. yeah so that's so ridiculous shit. i don't that woman is she goes through so much she does yeah. she goes through so damn much we follow each other on twitter i love it <gasps> i know yeah. that's so cute because oh, yeah. i defended her after something once and she started following me and i, I screamed Awesome. <laughs> shout out to you chrissy i love you um i have That's some more awesome. things that this lady said um maybe we should consider not saying to someone mm-hmm. who's had okay. a miscarriage um like let's see there were several i wrote down um there was another one so a lot of women do have issues with fertility in general they can't even get pregnant so she said that there were some women who were having issues with even getting pregnant Mm -hmm. at all that came back at her and was like well at least you can get pregnant jesus and she was like okay the getting pregnant part is not the end goal it's almost worse because now i have the start of a life that i then lose so there's like kind of a weird thing have you ever felt any or, or discussed any of this like with someone who can't get pregnant at all or or felt anything like Uh, that I've had um a few friends who have tried to like get pregnant and um you know they just they just had the hardest time so I would just try to be supportive but because I never went through that myself like I wasn't as um open about it and like I wasn't 
saying a lot of things. And that was one thing I probably wouldn't say at all, too, because the struggle of infertility is so different from like actually going through a miscarriage. Because that's kind of almost like a common thing. It's almost like if you get a miscarriage, it's very likely that maybe your next one will be fine or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, so I guess in their minds, if they're not even able to get any implantation, they're like, well, at least you can get pregnant and you know, so it's like, yeah. can you imagine that conversation? That's harsh. Yeah. That's something I definitely <laughs> wouldn't say. Like, that's a huge difference. Or more like them telling you, like someone who's infertile telling you, like, well, at least you were able to get pregnant. Like, it's just so, yeah. that's yeah. not even, yeah. I haven't had to deal with that, luckily. That's good. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I honestly, like, even just thinking about it now, like, I don't even know how to picture out, like, how that that conversation would be that's right. like going to your friend who's going through a divorce and be like well at least you could get a at boyfriend in the first place piss off that's psycho mm-hmm. um another thing that she was saying was like um asking them when they're gonna try again or if they're gonna try again or anything like that and i guess maybe if months have gone by or a year or something but to me it just seems weird and I'm shocked and I think a lot of these things that maybe she's experienced too come from like just commenters online who Mm -hmm. like just they don't really have any real interaction with this person but Mm -hmm. they're just like the first things that pop up into someone's mind so like did anyone really ask you that like right away or did that thought ever come into your head or how does that affect you the thought of trying again right after a loss so yeah I think with that um I felt like that was actually a common question that we had and for me I didn't really take it personal um I would get emotional about it of course but I wasn't like oh you shouldn't be asking me these things I was just more like oh I don't know like I'm still grieving like I'm not ready to move on yet um and it took us it took us like a year to finally decide that we wanted to try again because we're so traumatized from it um but I mean I I didn't take it personal when people would ask and um I, I remember one time, like, um, one of our friends, like, she she suffered a miscarriage also. And, you know, I was just, she always came to me about, like, um, pregnancy and wanting to know about, like, certain things. And I would just try to always, like, help her and comfort her. And um, it was probably maybe, like, a few months after she experienced it. And I was just like, um, so, like, when, what, what are your next steps? And I was just like, okay, like, when do you want to try again? Because I was trying to like figure out, I was trying to find like a solution for her, you know, but at the same time, I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have said this because like, she was like, oh, I'm not ready. You know, I'm not ready to talk about it. And I was like, you know, I just want you to know that I'm there for you. Like if you want to talk about anything at all, like if there's anything that we can do, but Mm -hmm. like in that situation, like there was really nothing that I could have done. So yeah. yeah, so in that situation, I was like, oh, um, yeah, I shouldn't have asked that, you know. So does it feel? Do you think like a betrayal of the baby that was lost by like? Because it's almost like when your dog dies and someone's like, oh, here I got you a puppy. It's right. like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, the new puppy's great, I but get like, it? yeah, but yeah, <laughs> not now, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. Timing's kind of weird. Or like, is it? Do you think that people go through some sort of guilt for wanting to try again? Like almost as if they're like, well you don't really exist you didn't work out yeah so like how you're do you not even real? know when you feel like you're even ready yeah I don't think it's so much of the guilt of like replacing what could have been mm-hmm. I think it's more of like the fear that's instilled in you because you're like what if it what if I get pregnant again what if this happens like I don't want to go through that again and um yeah like I I guess it's different from like a dog passing away and like someone well, trying to replace obviously, it. obviously, <laughs> for sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but um, I think in that case, it's just like more of whenever, I don't know if you ever feel ready. I think it's just more of like, 
when you're done grieving because mm. you have to go through all the stages of it and everything um but like for us it was the first one and we didn't want to rush because they tell you maybe you should wait um at least like at least two to three cycles, like period Which cycles. Which is very fast. Yeah, wow. two it's or three months. really fast. That's just a few months. Yeah. And uh, for us, we're just like, no, like we don't want to go through it yet. Like, and I guess, I guess it does kind of go into the guilt of like, oh, should we wait? Are we being insensitive now that I mm-hmm. am thinking about it? I'm like tapping into these like feelings mm-hmm. from before, like when it was happening. But um, yeah, I guess. Like, would you look down on anyone for trying again right away? Like, right at the two month mark, we're going to try again. Like, do you think there's do you think like they're not processing fully or do you feel like just as soon as a woman's ready she should just go for it i mean i think as long as they wait like whatever the doctor doctor recommends as long as it's like the two month cycle three Mm -hmm. month cycle because i've i've heard from a lot of people that they've tried like right away and they still get pregnant and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay like you do you like if that makes you happy i don't look down on them but i'm just like oh just be careful because the reason they tell you to wait is so that your body recovers and you can be stronger again for the next baby but um i mean whatever if they feel like they're ready then you know all all power to them because i couldn't do that yeah i can't imagine that (laughs) i think it's crazy how like even even nowadays there are still people out there and this comes from like olden times i think it's crazy how even nowadays people are like oh she had a miscarriage there's something wrong with her like you're you're the problem you're you're what is it your womb is the fucked up thing yeah you know it's not even necessarily i mean there's an egg and sperm and they both have to create like they both bring chromosomes Mm -hmm. into the fetus or whatever to create the baby so it could be the sperm fucked up when it latched on and that's like what you know yeah Yeah. so it's like and i feel i feel like it's so crappy because that adds another thing to a woman's mind like what if there's something wrong with me am i broken is my uterus fucked up like Mm. that's messed up and i feel like people just need to educate themselves more like this is not fully this is not solely on them yeah and that's like one of the reasons why we started documenting everything because of that stigma because when i was going through it i was like oh shit like what is wrong with me like what's going on with my body like am i not able to bear a child like can i not get pregnant like i was i kept blaming everything on myself i was like what did i do wrong did i exercise too much did i Mm. did i um was i too active yeah Yeah. was i eating the wrong things did i have a drink um and i didn't know like before i was pregnant and stuff like that like i was just thinking about every single thing Mm. that was happening um and i was just kind of blaming on my blaming it on myself and um i just that's i guess that's why i tell people like yeah it is common and I always try to explain it because of that. So they're not like, well, shit, something's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm this, like, uncommon person that had a miscarriage because I'm fucked up. My body's messed up, you know? And um, I think that's why, like, we just started documenting because we wanted people to understand and educate themselves that, like, there are scientific reasons why it happens. And sometimes it just happens naturally. Like, there may not have been anything that you could have done to save it. And that's just, that's just you know how it is is. yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. that's why it's important to talk about it and not keep it behind closed doors and make it all taboo because then that's how the the stigma continues Mm -hmm. of the barren woman yeah i i I fear for men who don't know enough about it too because i one thing that scares me is like if a woman say they're like freshly married they've been married for like a year or two and now they're getting ready to have kids and she has her she has her miscarriage or something, which is obviously, like we said, very common, maybe one in four, that maybe even the first time they try it can happen. But what I wonder is like, does that create an issue in the marriage or does a guy think all of a sudden like, oh no, I just married her and she can't even give me kids. And then like, does that create issues, you know, like, or that's what's 
scary to me is like how many men don't really take the time to understand this and then don't really know how to deal with it or to like make sure that they support their wife or whatever do you feel like medieval i know it's like she cannot bear my child i know i feel like honestly that's still a thing Mm-hmm. Like, because guys usually date for a long time, and then when they get married, they're like, "This is the one I, I want to have children with." Yeah, because men do want children too, and then that just feels like so much pressure. Like, if you don't understand that this is very likely to happen, really quick, we're going to give a shout out to our sponsors at Talkspace.com. This is definitely what um, I suggest you would use, especially now with a topic that is so heavy, like the one we're talking about right now. Between constant news about the pandemic and now the election and whatever else that you're going through, there's a lot to be anxious about. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, there's That's always... That's me, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> I think all of us. Yeah. <laughs> there's always someone there to talk to. And today, our sponsor is Talkspace. Um, unlike in-person therapy sessions, Talkspace gives you 24-7 access to a licensed therapist because this is a mobile app. You can message them via text messaging, voice messaging, or even send them a video of you crying. You're ugly when you cry, but they'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can send unlimited messages, too. I actually personally use this myself, and when I'm going through it, I bombard them like an ex-boyfriend that I still want to talk to. (laughs) So you message them as much as you want and they check their phones twice a day. They go through everything. They talk to you. They can voice message you back. So you just like, so they don't have to read or so you don't have to read. Um, It's also very, very affordable. Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. And now Talkspace covers 40 million people for online therapy through their insurance or employer. Personally, I like this a lot because I don't want to have to, remember all my thoughts and write it all down and then go see a therapist once every couple weeks or so. I want to be able to speak to them while I'm going through it and just get all my feelings out. The Talkspace network is composed of thousands of licensed therapists experienced in treating depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, relationship issues, food and eating, and so much more. Also, it's very, very secure and private. There's a password that you have to enter every time you go in so no one can look at your messages if you don't want them to. Best of all, an entire month of Talkspace costs about the same as a single in-person session. All you have to do is go on their app, take a quiz, um, and it asks you what you want to talk about, what kind of therapy you want to get, what do you want out of this, and they will match you with a bunch of therapists, uh, and it shows all their credentials, and you can choose who you want to speak to. You can also change who you want to speak to at any time. Uh, the bottom line is that we all need someone to talk to. Talkspace wants to give us the support we deserve at the price we can afford. As a listener of this podcast, you get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure you use the code MOOD to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's MOOD and Talkspace.com. All right, guys. Now I want to talk about Best Fiends. Best Fiends. It is a mobile puzzle game, and it's so freaking cute because you collect all these tiny little fiends, and each fiend has a superpower, and then you have to figure out which fiends to use and put them together to defeat the slugs. And it's such an entertaining game. I love using this, or I love playing this game constantly, especially in my house. I sometimes have like certain places in my home that doesn't get good service or good Wi-Fi connection like in the toilet and that's when i love <laughs> playing this game 
So Best Fiends is a binge-worthy mobile puzzle game with over 100 million downloads and counting. And it's free to download. It literally has millions of five-star reviews on the Apple wow. App Store and Google Play. I started playing because of you. Girl, <laughs> isn't it. it amazing? It's I so love this game. Yeah, man, I've been playing for years. Like, I have not gotten bored of this game because they're constantly uploading different challenges and events, like, for different times of the years. It's like, I never get bored of this game. So you can download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Yay. Do you feel like you had any issues in your marriage at all like when that happened? Or for any, maybe not for that reason, but. Um, I feel like Ant was very supportive like of everything that that I went through. You know, he's very in touch with like women and how they think. And he's very considerate of like people's feelings. And um Honestly, like if it wasn't for him, um, I don't know like if I would have gone through it. Like he was, I felt like he experienced it um, just as much as I, I did, like yeah. emotionally. Maybe not the physical part, yeah. but um, like he he did a lot of research too. Like we were both just Aww. like on our phones. We were trying to research like everything that was happening. Um, and like, I think we both did it equally. And he was mm -hmm. trying to like, he was trying to figure out ways of like how to talk to me. Um, what things I should do to recover like we even bought like a sofa bed to put in the mm -hmm. living room and he would buy these like um, pillows for my back so like yeah. when I was recovering after the miscarriage like I would be comfortable yeah I remember that yeah <laughs> like he had this whole setup for me and he was just like um, making food for me all the time and like um, making sure I was hydrated like giving me soup and stuff like that and I think um, I think that's so important to have like a good support system because if you have like a significant other that doesn't really try to understand what you're going through like and just tries to play place the blame yeah it's like oof. yeah because if that's the situation then like when they should be the most supportive like right. i feel like it's just gonna have like more problems then you probably shouldn't have a kid with that person exactly anyways. yeah and as cliches as it sounds like maybe it's a sign that oh, you no. shouldn't be with that person christina's like god didn't want this to happen <laughs> I, because you know like when when big issues happen when something traumatic happens in your life like it kind of brings like the real side of people out right. of you and if you go through something so traumatic in yeah. that sense that you're like suffering a loss and you're getting blamed for it like why would you want to be with someone that's not going to support mm -hmm. you exactly yeah no that's so true that still seems to be a weird thing that i don't know if it's just little adolescent boys because you know we see comments like that are directed at you, Tiff, yeah, that are like, why time. isn't Tiffany giving Casey exactly. a son? Like, literally, <laughs> oh I do see that. Day. I'm like, are you what? kidding me? Day, they're, As they're if you just go to Toys R Us, pick it up, and just give it to him, dude. Yeah. It's a whole... Thing. I know, and then also I'm like the most annoyed because I'm like, bitch, I've had a kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> fuck you, you know. Casey deserves one though. Where's Casey? Exactly. That's that's Why aren't literally you giving him one. That's the constant comments, and it, I'm like, oh, it's because also they started targeting me specifically because when we first got married, everyone's like, okay, you got married now, hurry, 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 have a baby now. And then I was the one that was more vocal about what we both wanted, which was to travel and like yeah. have a whole year of like married life but Casey wasn't as vocal as I was about wanting that so then they placed the blame on me it's like see she made him wait so she could get like sh so she could travel the whole world she's a gold digger all these things that like, oh she still won't God. give him a baby and I'm like dude <laughs> I wish I could just erase that shit from society like I are know. you serious 
Exactly, because then it's like, dude, like you don't know what's happening behind closed doors, which actually you should know because I've been very vocal about it, which is the fact that we had been working on our marriage because we realized like, oh, okay, cool, we're married now. All right, we got the traveling out of the way. Okay, let's start getting trying to get pregnant. And then as like we're attempting that, we realize, oh, wait, hold on. No, we still have a lot of stuff that we haven't worked out between like within ourselves Mm -hmm. that is affecting the marriage, which we don't want to bring another kid into the situation because Isaac's already dealing with our bullshit. So we're like, okay, let's do the smart, mature adult thing and let's work on ourselves and then get to the point where, okay, our solid our marriage is solid now. Let's continue. Let's go on to the next 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 passage or I can't even think of the word but yeah so then that's pretty much where we're at at this point and then now we're actually like cool let's let's see where it's going we've had one cycle where we tried which is this past one and but nothing happened I I got my period and honestly like as soon as it happens like we're gonna do the same thing Aunt Christina did and we're we're not gonna keep it behind closed doors for three months personally I mean I respect your decision Gina but I don't know shit man I've never been I'm not even in that dimension right now so (laughs) but I'm saying Gina's like I really don't know what (laughs) I would do I just said things I just want to cat no because yeah like even like if if something unfortunate would happen to us like I would want to share with everyone else so that everyone knows like this is like you're not alone in case you are going through something as well and and I I won't feel alone because that is how I personally process with grief I mean you know I talked about my dad being like he's been missing for three years now and I I held it in for two years and that was just something that I realized like I'm not that kind of person to keep things to myself like I need to let it out and I need the world to know and the fact that my personal life is so public like that is my catharsis there is to to let everyone know so yeah as of right now we're we're, we just started trying so have you looked at the I know (laughs) have you you looked at the stats a lot of people like they get like super fucking like I don't know shitty about it um but I I was looking up some stats for like getting pregnant over 30 and there's like a it it can take a while it could take up to a year Mm -hmm. but then there's like an 80 or 90 percent chance that you'll get pregnant within two years if you're actually Mm -hmm. trying and that's at our that's at our age now over 30 I know yeah I'm about to turn 31 yeah so I I do fall under that and I just had my OB check like I had my pap recently and she was she was like oh you know if you are trying for a whole year like every cycle and you're one whole year has passed and nothing's happening come back and we could do a fertility check and we could see what's going on so I'm like yeah okay I just think there's a there's a misconception that like once you're over 30 I think because there is a there is a stat or something that like 90% of your eggs are already gone so people are like oh it's just not gonna happen for you but actually women from like 30 to 39 trying within two years within two years of trying like 80 to 90 percent of them will get pregnant so Mm -hmm. even though we have lost a lot of our eggs at this point Mm -hmm. there's still a very great chance unless you have specific fertility issues but a lot of women still have an 80 to 90 percent chance of getting pregnant within two years of trying so it's like it's still okay yeah i think that's why your ob is telling you like oh yeah come back in a year she's not even asking you to do a fertility test right now which you could just totally do right now but she's not even worried about it i've been contemplating freezing my eggs that's a that's a big question. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, have you looked into it? Yeah. What is what is it? Damn expensive. It is expensive. Jesus Christ. I mean, you're basically paying rent for unborn children. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're already taking my goddamn money. They're not even born. Children are 
parasites um no it's uh because because the thing is like you have to inject yourself with a bunch of stuff and then like to get the eggs up and running the factory moving and then they harvest it and then they store that it sounds so crazy to me i know right yeah, they're harvesting about, like, harvest is such a weird <laughs> word like an alien it's, yeah <laughs> it's such a strange they collect ew <laughs> that they they collect your eggs. I'm thinking they pluck. It makes you <laughs> feel like a rooster or a chicken or whatever. Right? Like yeah, they just true. move you out of the way, grab the eggs. Uh, yeah. They gather. Oh, I don't like that either. God damn, there's no word for this. Past that word, word. right? <laughs> there's no good word to describe it. So and then and then you have to pay rent for them because they yeah. stored mm-hmm. in a facility. <laughs> yeah. My girlfriend did this, and it's just like I'm. I kind of want to do it just in case. I. It's a lot of money. Though. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Just in case I want to have kids. Just in case, like, and it'd be nice, like, if I had a surrogate and just be like, here, just take it. You know. There's a can... statistic that I looked up a lot, and we don't know whether statistics are worth the shit or not. But someone uh, said that only six percent of women that freeze their eggs actually go through to use them. Oh, wow. So it's a huge industry. And wow. A lot of people are spending a lot of money, but then a lot of women actually you know, they'll this... either get pregnant naturally or they'll just decide not to True. use them. Wow. Interesting. That's insane. I wonder what they do with the eggs afterwards. They just dump it down the toilet. It's like, oh, she's not paying rent. <laughs> you know, right? That's a good oh. question. What I would like to them? know. Like, because right. then that's. I mean, it's an. If well, I guess it depends on if it was fertilized and then they fr- do they do uh-uh, they do no. egg okay so it's yeah. just your eggs yeah but that. i think when they do the ivf and then they like create a That's baby with the it. sperm then mm. it's almost like is it a life yet and then can yeah. they just dispose of it if yeah. you don't pay no. like what do oh they my do? god right no i think I, I don't think they put them together until they're ready to implant yeah oh, so you're paid everything they, they're yeah. separated so there are no i thought that they like would create like they put the sperm with the eggs and they're like see how many viable mm. you know embryos that they can create or whatever and then they shoot those in there i don't yeah, really know yeah that's that's at the point that you're that's already like ready very, to get yeah. okay. pregnant right okay. yeah so and they're not just storing them no boys no. and girls no okay I just, I just had an image of just someone's in charge of checking to see if people paid their rent and storage if not they just dump it down there's the like toilet. a button that just like <laughs> <delete>. eviction notice <laughs> like a landlord it's a landlord <laughs> They just turn off the freezer. Yeah, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not like that. That number, that statistic, the six percent, does yeah. sound surprising, but actually, it kind of isn't because um, there's this one show. I think it's called like Adam Knows Best or something, and he like that That's whole a, show. I love that show. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, you know that show, that show right? Yeah, yeah. So the whole thing is like breaking down like the misconceptions of society or whatever it is, and one of them is like how there's like a biological clock in women, mm-hmm. and he broke it down how it's like. Nah, you really don't. You really don't really have a biological or it's clock. It's not just this hard wall at 29 or 30. Yeah, exactly. Like there's still women getting pregnant well into up to 39. Some are still yeah. getting pregnant up to 45. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's not sure. the best time. You don't want to wait then because yeah. the quality of your eggs do it and also the, the sperm, the, the quality of the sperm, you're obviously going to be with an older man at mm-hmm. that age probably if yeah, not my, good for you, girl. <laughs> my great aunt went through IVF and had uh triplets i know they always wow. have too many at like <laughs> nearly 50 or something yeah. <gasps> yes wow. that's my great aunt so i have i literally have like 19 year old uncles right now it's weird that that's is insane. so funny. yeah it's insane <laughs> yeah but then it's also really sad because it's later on in life and their father passed away when they were 13 because yeah. you know wow. you're later in life yeah so there's a whole picture when it comes to deciding when to get pregnant and right. waiting too long is probably not the best idea but yeah. i mean i feel like up to 40 is still number one socially acceptable and then number two like age wise you're not going to be too old mm-hmm. to have the, the child or whatever because my mom had my brother at 38 or oh, whatever wow. so 
I yeah. feel like I, I probably have the same strong uterus that she does, but I, I'm not even looking or interested in having mm -hmm. children at all. But I don't know. We'll mm -hmm. see. If I fall in love in the next eight years, maybe someone will knock me up. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not too worried about me per se, because a couple years ago, I went to go get my right you my right ovary checked. If you're also Mexican, if a man sneezes yeah, at you, you that's exactly if someone sneezes near you, you'll get pregnant. very fertile. I well, I mean, so, so that, that whole thing, right? Me thinking too, I'm like, I've had a kid. I also got my right ovary checked because it like it actually sticks out and you could feel it. And I've felt your egg before. Yeah, yeah. Or, or your ovary before. Yeah. Your egg basket. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's really weird. And then when I went to go check, they're like, Oh, you got a ton of eggs Dang, in this one. Girl. So I'm like, Okay, cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. But then having like you know one cycle go by and me not getting pregnant. Even though I, I understand it's going to take the time. The expectations like, are not quite Exactly. There, My yeah. expectations are too high. And then I, I do kind of feel like bummed out. So I'm like, oh, that's why these last two years, because I took my IUD out two years ago and we have just been kind of like, well, if it happens, it yeah. happens. And it hasn't happened. And also because we weren't actively trying. But, well, but it's yeah, a very like, specific time frame. It, it's only a 48 hour window yeah. that the egg is even in your and uterus. And that sperm's got to giddy up and go. So right. we don't know what he's working with. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So then we're just like, oh, man, like my expectations of my own body are a little too high. And I'm like dealing with that myself. But I'm just like, dang. But yeah, it doesn't help when there's hundreds of thousands of people out there being like hey uh why don't you give casey a baby what's wrong with you i'm like jeez you don't yeah. even know what's going on <laughs> yeah it's really it's really crazy how people's opinions are constant and then not just that but like i've also gained weight during the quarantine so they're like she's pregnant i know she's yeah. gonna come out time. i'm like not pregnant just eating good <laughs> like, okay or even when nikki does like nikki refuses to have like one drink they're like she's pregnant yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> no maybe we drank enough for the last month so we're just yeah. chilling out <laughs> maybe i was shit-faced last night like, yeah. chill and man. then like i i get it because they're excited because they know that we also want to get pregnant so i know that's coming from like a good intention place yeah. but then i can't help but also feel shit like no I'm not pregnant I just gained weight you know like yeah it's, it's that emotional part that kind of have to balance with the logical side of it I think because you also um compared to your experience with like Isaac too because exactly. when you're like the most fertile and there's so many people who just like have sex get pregnant right away and like like didn't intend or w even want it exactly yeah. so like people have that expectation like oh it's so easy like you should be pregnant by now like it's been it's been like a week it's been mm -hmm. like a month you know and i think you always compare it with that and you're like oh well like what happened like we just did it we got isaac <laughs> and now it's like we've been trying for how long and you know it just hasn't happened yeah so like when everyone's expecting it of you you're just like you don't know what I'm going through right now. Exactly. Like, what if I can't get pregnant and things like that, too? Yeah, because like, I'm older. I don't know. I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's, what Casey's working with. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying for your experience, but yeah, I'm just saying yeah. how insensitive people no, can be, course, you know? Course, yeah. yeah. How, how was your... Or go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm saying life is so cruel. Like, it's so much easier to get pregnant when you're younger, and that's when you really don't want to get exactly. pregnant. When you can't afford it. Yeah, yeah, but when you're, like, older, you're like, all right, let's ready, then ready for this. It's harder. It's like, dude, come on. Piss off. You know what? That kind of reminds me. So, just last night, Casey and I had this conversation, and it was about, like, pro-choice, pro-life, right? And we were just exploring, like, different views. And I ended up telling him that I was like, you know what? I'm hard for pro-choice because... I made a decision when I was 17 years old to keep this baby. I could like that was my choice. Right. Like mm -hmm. if I was forced into having this child and I had no say in what what happens to my body and what I end up, 
you know, like what happens to that baby? Like if I had absolutely no say in this, I probably would not have raised Isaac the way I have. And he would have had a very different childhood. I would have had a very different experience or with my own child. he would have been in and out of the system. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So then like, I don't know. I don't think people think about that angle Mm -hmm. of pro-choice where it's like yeah you get to decide whether or not you want to have this child right so the pro-life i think is based solely on like a religious thing like a moral ground so like fighting art like logic or anything like that with that one kind of doesn't really work like at all well i guess some people are also like well scientifically as soon as the sperm and the egg Mm -hmm. meet it's a life and you're murdering it you're murdering that life so there, like some try, some people try to angle it with the scientific part of it, but for but me, but it's still a moral reason. Definitely. Like, there's still moral. I'm not going to touch too much into it because it's a really big discussion. It's yeah. going to cause a lot of tr- controversy. But yeah. I just feel like a lot of pro-lifers are actually just pro-birthers because after the baby's born, they're like, all right, piss off. Yeah, we don't really there's care a ton anymore. of kids in and out of the system that don't. They don't have the funding. They don't have the right families. They get used and abused, and then that just you know cycles. I mean, I'm definitely pro-choice. I feel it's Same. it's hard for me to understand a woman not being pro-choice. Very hard for me. Yeah. Um, even though I understand that there's a lot of women that have uh, been pro-choice, gone through an abortion, and then changed their mind and been pro-life because they felt like the maybe guilt. maybe there was different reasons why they made that choice, and then had maybe it, like they just shouldn't have made that choice. But it's that's it's very independent, right? right. There's like plenty of other women who made that choice because it was the right choice. So exactly, that's what it's that, hard. Like I get irked yeah. when the government wants to come in and be like, "I'm going to regulate your body because this is the law." That mm-hmm. that pisses me off because I'm like, yeah. "Fuck you! You're not the one holding yeah. like carrying this kid. You're not the one that's going to be financially responsible for the kid unless mm-hmm. they go into the system or whatever." I don't I, know, man. I heard something a while back that really resonated with me because a woman had asked um like i feel guilty for possibly killing my child right and um the response was you you didn't kill anything like you are not a god you cannot kill a spirit you cannot kill a soul you didn't Mm -hmm. do that um you simply just sent it back to the plane where it came from and told it like hey you know like right now is not the time but i will come back Mm -hmm. for you because you are no you're no higher being that can ever destroy a soul mm-hmm. or an existence like that. Yeah, there's a lot of different like mm-hmm. spiritual paths you can take to, yeah. I guess, make things make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, unless you're someone that's made that choice, though, I, I don't really feel like even that you would understand, too, like why someone would make the choice or how they feel afterwards or like how they would feel about other women having one after they've made that choice. Like there's so much that goes into it. But it's just weird that, like, because we know when you make things illegal, they just turn to the black market. Right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's I even saw, more dangerous to not have it done medically. I saw a video recently. These these women went to these pro-life rallies and they asked the men there. It's like, instead of, why don't we just remove, like, remove the, oh, hold on, what is it? Um take the bullet out of the gun instead of shooting into a bulletproof vest like give them all vasectomies yeah give them like (laughs) instead of like if there's a here's how to solve abortion why don't you guys get vasectomies Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and it's reversible right and there you go there's some times where it's not i guess so that's their their argument but then also birth control does so much damage to our bodies too it's like oh so only we have to take the right the bullet you know and then so they're like i mean why don't you get vasectomies like what if the government said that you know to remove the problem you get vasectomies and they tell you how to you know do things with your body and the men were just like 
and they had nothing <laughs> to say, you know? No, I, I believe in that. I was my phone because I recently liked this one tweet. I don't know where it is. But I liked this one tweet that said something about, like, one man can impregnate nine women every single day. And, and like, they did the math, right? Like, however many Damn, babies... Damn, he's busting nine times yeah. a day? Yeah, however many babies We're come out of that. Unlimited. I mean, how many... How many times yeah. can you have sex in one day? <laughs> yeah, well, it said nine nine women can get pregnant from one man per day versus one woman getting pregnant once per nine months. Yeah. So it's like, how the, the fuck here? are they regulating the wrong gender? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So annoying. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like that whole topic there was quite interesting because I actually ended up changing Casey's mind about his views. So cool. Yeah, I was just like, I mean, there's just so many perspectives that like you got to consider like so many angles that when you're discussing such a huge topic like this too yeah but i mean yeah but anyway thank you so much christina for joining us thank and sharing you your story yes we really appreciate you and we love, love you so love much you, you guys have you. always been here since day one so yeah. i love all the support and everything and we're really happy that you have two beautiful babies yes. even though we all went through that horrible situation with you i mean you yeah. guys like yeah. went through the trenches for their for for a while mm -hmm. but right. um i'm glad that we at least on this end have a happy ending with the babies that you have now yeah, yeah exactly can't wait Love to bully them yeah. <laughs> yeah, i can't wait i can't wait till they're big enough to just like maybe put up a fight I know. <laughs> they might get you back so oh yeah out. they definitely will they're both their parents are tough <laughs> but anyway christina where can everyone find you uh you can find me on youtube under aunt and christina or you can find me on instagram at xtina for the letter o too yeah, we'll put right. the links in the you. description and everything. But yeah. thank you so much for coming on. Thank Thanks you so much. Me. Make sure to rate us five stars on uh, iTunes and all that stuff where we're at. Make sure yeah. to thumbs up this video Leave and it helps comment. us with the algorithm. Leave a comment on what your opinions are on the stuff that we discussed. And thank you so much for watching and we listening. Love, love Bye. you. Peace out. Bye.